the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's get into a Wednesday show. It's hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than it was on Monday. That's a good thing, and it's closer now to Thursday evening when the rain's supposed to stop, which is a really good thing, because I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the rain. I just really am. We've had, uh, I, I say we, uh, my wife, Linda, has been out draining the pool all week long because it's about ready to overflow uh, several times this week. I mean, we've had some torrential rains in Cabot. I know a lot of you have had the same thing wherever you're located at. How about you, Wayne? Have you guys had the big rains down there in Hot Springs? I'm 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 in uh, I'm up on a hill, the top of the hill. So so if you drown, bottom, everybody's dead, right? Well, I'm I've, I'm building an ark <laughs> up there right now. <laughs> is that why? Is that why Gopher Wood has gone up so high at Home Depot? Is that? Is yeah, that they're the building arcs everywhere. Yeah. Speaking about the ark. Uh, that uh, that trip is sold out that we're doing here on the Dave Ellswick Show in 101.1 FM. The answer, uh, we got a full bus uh, going down to Bran- going down up to Branson, going to see the production of Jesus, and then heading from uh, Branson through Louisville to stop at the Bella Louisville, the paddle boat, and uh, have dinner one night out on the Ohio River, and then the next day we we'll go over and see the Ark. Then come back, stay overnight in Louisville, and then head on back. So that's going to be a lot of fun. If you've never seen the Ark, uh, you're going to be stunned by it. It is. Have you been up there yet? Not yet. You got to see it, man. It's huge. You know, you think in your mind it's big, but it's not until you come around that curve that takes you into the park there uh, in Kentucky that you see how big it really is. It's monstrous. All right, we've got David, uh, Dr. David Bangs on with us. He's the chair, graduate studies in education at Harding University. And uh, Dr. Bangs, thanks for joining us. And get, Do you normally get up this early? Not normally, no, no, <laughs> but, uh, but pretty early anyway, so not this early. Okay, okay. Are you having coffee? Uh, actually, I just had a banana and some water here. I hadn't had my coffee yet, but well, I will. You know, good for you. At least you you understand you need to hydrate yourself. Got a little bit of water in your your system because you dehydrate over overnight. I mean, that's why when I wake up, I'm eight, I'm 68, and I look in the mirror and I look like a raisin early in the morning. I I drink a little <laughs> bit of water and I feel out and feel a lot better at, at that time. All right, you're sure of graduate studies and education at Harding University. Uh, we've had many people on from Harding, and I have to say, and I'll tell you what I tell a lot of them, is I am really 
uh, impressed with what Harding University is doing with their graduate programs. You all are becoming, uh, you know, the East Coast schools of, uh, you know, the Midwest kind of here uh, at Harding. You all have been working hard on your graduate program, and and that's really, really great uh, things that you guys are up to. I appreciate you being, being, part, uh, being part of that. All right. Well, well, one of the things that we uh, we strive for is just a call line, our harding.edu, if you want to talk with us or see us at harding.edu uh, slash professional partners. We we strive to be professional partners for life because when we when we get you, uh, we 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 usually are there in the picture for a long time. And I think that's a, a very important thing. And we've got some very exciting news to share with uh your listeners possibly that uh, uh, that uh, most recently our president, President Dr. Burks, has uh, significantly reduced tuition for graduate education courses, amounting to roughly three hundred and forty-five dollars for uh, a three-hour course. The cost of a three-hour course dropped from sixteen hundred dollars or sixteen twenty-six to twelve eighty-one, including tech fees. This reduction could save candidates four thousand dollars over a thirty-five-hour degree. So. And I start my 15th year at Harding coming up uh, uh, this this year, and uh, it's the most significant price adjustment I've seen since uh, being with Harding. I'm just thrilled to share this type of assistance with potential candidates, and and they are they have really uh, listened up, and uh, we we we're excited to be able to bring that to them for a better price. Yeah, that's uh, that's really great news because coming out of COVID-19, a lot of people may have been out of work during that time have not uh, gotten back their their money legs i mean you get sea legs if you get on a cruise so i guess it's money legs when you're trying to get your finances back together again uh so uh this is a big deal have have you heard that there's people that have been saying you know i sure would go to a graduate class if it wasn't so doggone expensive oh that's that's one of our biggest obstacles that they would, would like to come to harding but that particular obstacle has been one that's been really hurting us some, and I think this is really going to make a difference. You know, working with graduate students, sometimes they are just not sure. They want to get a master's or they want to come and do coursework. Maybe they've been in uh, their career for some time there, and, and they, they, they feel like uh, maybe they need to move up the ladder or something like that. But when advising potential candidates, I first discuss their background and current teaching content area. And then followed by that, where do you see yourself in three to five years of, of your career goals? Often many have not thought deeply about their next step to achieve those goals. And Harding offers 30 de- different degrees in, 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 the, in the grad uh, education in various licenses or areas along the, with offerings of 14 different endorsements. You know, in, in Arkansas, there's so many different teaching endorsements there. And we try to stay up with the Department of Education and, and try to offer those things. We have several add-on areas of licensure to meet the needs of teachers aspiring to move into high-needs teaching areas. And that's what we need in Arkansas. There's places where they can move up the career ladder. They can make themselves more marketable. And my objective is to have our candidates achieve their life aspirations. So I, so I ask them to step outside of themselves and dream about te- the teaching profession. Often, you have to gain their trust, and, and them they they have to verbalize those goals. 
They may have thought about those things, but they've never really spoken them out loud. They may come in thinking they would like a master's degree, but not an area of concentration. In my area, my job is to to help them find that niche that uh, is a good fit for them. Another factor in teacher for teachers is to believe that uh, when a position opens at a school, they'll they'll go back to college and get certified in that area and get and the job will still be waiting for them. But in most cases, schools want candidates who have a license in the content area needed. Additionally, the school district salary schedule recognizes added hours for increased pay for a master's degree and better potential job opportunities. Thus, numerous doors can be opened by gaining those hours and that degree. So we just encourage them, you know, go ahead and get yourself prepared before that happens. And then that way, uh, you'll be able to step right in that particular job. So that's that's one of the things we do with the grad education at Harding. Okay, so if it's probably not you. I mean, you're the chair of the department. You're a busy, busy man. You've got other people underneath of you who sit down with these grad students and talk to them. This is what they can expect when they say they want to come to Harding for the grad program because you, you all want to make sure it's the right fit for them and that you want to put them in the exact area they need to be at, correct? Well, we don't do them uh, a justice if we don't get them to where they want to be. And that's why for the probing, you know, let's let's find out where exactly you want to be. And also, their 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 school district may have needs, and, and they want to step in and fill those things. So, yes, I have some directors over the uh, – director uh, over – uh, special education, over reading, over uh, leadership, principals and superintendents and those things. And I'll, I'll get you to the right place if just we, once we decide that's where you want to be at. And uh, we have several different that can do that. I think uh, Dr. Matthews talked to you some time ago from the MAT program. Yes. And, and you know, uh, sometimes there's people that come in that just want to get in teaching. And they've not been in teaching. Maybe they have a degree, but it's not a teaching degree. And so they go the Master of Arts and teaching uh, area. And so that's another option for them to get licensed to teach. So okay, okay. so let me let me hold you where you're at because I've got to take a break. And when we right. come when we come back, why should people be considering getting into teaching? That's a that's a great lead-in question, a bridge for us when we come back, as well as why Harding. For your graduate work, I mean, I can answer that question, but I'll let you answer it because uh, you're you're the chair there of graduate studies in education. Our guest, Dr. David Bangs, he's from Harding University. More with him in just a moment. I just want to remind you that if you have questions about filing for Social Security, you can get the answers in a simple, easy to understand booklet. It's called Your Guide to Social Security. It's from David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. 27 pages long, so it's a real easy read. Uh, It outlines what you need to know. That could help you get even more income when you file for Social Security. If you're within five years of filing for Social Security, get this free booklet now by calling 501-222-3315. And as a bonus, now this is a bonus, it's absolutely free, you'll receive a free customized social security analysis that will pinpoint the optimal time to get every nickel out of your benefits that you have coming 
Pick up the phone, call them right now. There's nobody at the office, but they'll take a voicemail and their uh, message, and they'll get right back to you. 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. And the good folks at David Lucas Financial. 20 minutes after 6, our special guest, Dr. David Bangs. He's the uh, chair, the graduate uh, studies and education at Harding University up in uh, Searcy in the College of Education. And uh, Dr. Bangs, uh, more and more people are beginning to choose education as uh, their field. Why should somebody consider uh, a career in uh, in teaching, especially if they've been doing something for the last 15 or 20 years? Well, Dave, as we found out uh, most recently during the pandemic, Teachers are essential workers. Even if the school's delivery method is online, children will have to be served in some capacity, no matter the circumstances. We, we, we offer Masters of Arts in Teaching for those with a four-year non-teaching degree who would like to teach. Okay, so let me, let, let me stop Go you ahead. right there. Wayne Beach is sitting in the studio with me. He's got an electrical degree. Electrical uh, engineering. Yeah. Engineering. And, and he was just saying, you know, I might like to teach. So what you're saying is he just needs to get this Master's of Arts in Teaching. Is that right? Well, let, let me just go ahead. We, we've had many who've become disenchanted with their current situation. And they felt they had, they had uh, more to give give others by retraining themselves in the field of teaching. The MAT path is the path for them. They can start this this summer and have a teaching position in August while working on their master's degree. They would be paid a salary as a first-year teacher and be credited with a year of experience. We have had others who who may have retired from a job and just wanted to contribute through service and influence young people by utilizing their life experiences through teaching. And he may be the exact example of that. We've had several that do that. And not only that, what they would do is they would par that degree that they currently have to say something, maybe maybe they want to do an MAT in early childhood or integrated uh, uh, birth to kindergarten, special ed, or, you know, something like elementary, middle, middle level, secondary and, uh, and, and special education in K-12, we always need more special ed teachers. And there's just an area that they say, well, you know, I'd like to give back. And so that, that's, he's a prime candidate for that particular program. And it's not like you have to spend a full year doing that. If you do attain a job, you can be uh, working on what we call what's track one, and that gets you into the, into, in their teaching because there's some high needs areas. And that's what we were talking about earlier. That's very very interesting. Of course, when when the uh, the doctor says a, a mat path, what he's talking about is the masters of arts and teaching. It's mat for short. So uh, right. does that does that I'm spike sorry. your interest a little a little bit there? Uh, a little bit, especially you know, the, the short time frame that you know you're actually getting in on it instead of going through uh, years of you know the, yeah. the four you, years you, before you, you would right. be preparing as you're in the classroom that, at that time. You'd start in the summer, and there would be some classes. And then, like I said, Dr. Matthews is the director of that, and, and uh, uh, you can call our office and, and set that up and get information. But you can go on that website at harding.edu, Professional Partners, and, 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 and go through that as well. So that's, that's a good opportunity that way for those. And we, we gain from, from those folks that 
have another area. Those life experiences can transfer over there, and, and they have a, they're more mature, and they can step in a classroom and, and help in that capacity. So if that tweaks someone's interest, don't hesitate to get with us. Now, what would you say to people who are retired and, you know, they don't want to just sit around the house and crochet? What, 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 would, firewood what, would, or something. what would you say to them, doctor? Well, that, that's exactly what I'm saying is if, if you if you would like to contribute to society in general right there, I mean, what you're going to be taught are, are skills in the summer to say behavioral management, some skills there that can uh, work with assessment and those when you come in the classroom, then you'll you'll gain uh, other classes while you're in the middle of those uh, uh, course, the coursework that you have where you'll be teaching as well. Uh, you'll have a mentor in the class. Uh, you'll have a supervising teacher coming in and helping you. And uh, uh, from the university, also a, a university uh, a representative coming in and uh, a supervisor to help with that capacity. So those things are well, that's exactly what we're going to give you some support while you're out there. Dr. Bangs, one thing that I hear from people, and, you know, I, I I kind of lean towards Harding because my brother-in-law graduated from there, my son-in-law graduated from there, my daughter graduated from there, two of my nieces graduated from there. Uh, Harding is a great university, but it is more expensive than uh, a lot of just public uh, universities. Uh, but you know what? You get what you pay for, and what you pay for at Harding is a really, really quality education. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. I didn't know all that, Dave. I didn't know all those folks had gone there. So yeah. uh, I, I, our graduates tell us benefit, uh, tell us the benefits of coming to Harding have outweighed the cost differential of other universities. The statement is due, this statement's due to our, our support given them while in the programs and the support after leaving. Our mantra we have adopted from a, a statement by one of our graduates in the graduate education program is professional partners for life. We, we take this statement as a compliment because we know the candidates have invested time and money in their education. Furthermore, we also have a genuine interest in them as individuals. Thus, we've invested, uh, thus we have invested interest in their career successes. I've, I have candidates who uh, who have been out of our program for 10 or 12 years, and they still call myself anytime they think we can be of assistance. So that kind of uh, relationship, uh, I don't know that you can just buy that type of relationship. It's one that's uh, that is culminated over a, a full degree and over the type of, uh, I guess, servant leadership that we try to offer there, and uh, we try to do that. We're, we try to be genuine in that. Well, to, to finish up our interview today, how about uh, going over some of the various degrees that are offered there at Harding uh, with my listeners? Uh, uh, that variety of degrees is huge, and uh, uh, maybe they, they, you, can, you can give them some pointers on that. Well, uh, sure. One of the best ways to find out more information is to go to that website I just mentioned there. You can go to harding.edu. Uh, slash professional partners or graded, or you can call uh, 501-279-4315, and we'll get you connected to that particular director that you'd like to. Or talk with me, and we'll we'll decide a little bit more about what, what your options there. Uh, you'll find that 
information about the degrees, the endorsements available, along with course schedules for each program. You may say, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'd like to start some this summer. Well, we got classes starting in June. And uh, we also have a mental health and wellness program, professional counseling, school counseling. And uh, there's several degrees in that. I mentioned the MAT. I mentioned, well, there's Masters of Education, uh, uh, including Curriculum Instruction Administration, like you want to be a, a curriculum director, maybe, or a, a, a principal. Say you're already a, a teacher and you're in that role, you want to be a, a you want to, or you want to add an endorsement of a principal. Maybe you already have a master's. Then we can set do a program of study for you just for that that you need. We don't want to try to saddle you with several hours that you have to pay for. We'll get you the shortest way you can get there and still achieve what you want to accomplish there. Uh, many times they just want to make a career shift in that, not get out of teaching, but move into another. Uh, <coughs> A position of responsibility, uh, and and schools have needs uh, for special ed folks, uh, for reading specialists, and we have those things here. Uh, we have uh, counseling skills, uh, dyslexia, uh, early childhood, gifted, gifted and talented national board candidates. We're starting a, a new program with that, and so there's some support classes just for that, so you can become nationally board certified. And uh, uh, we we hope to launch something, some more things in that. All right, let me let me jump in. We've we've run out of time. Go to the website that the doctor has talked about. Uh, I just got to tell people Harding is the place to go. Doctor David Banks, thank you so much. All right, back with you, one hundred percent physician owned. Uh, that's the Cabot Emergency Hospital. Got doctors who got together identified the problems uh, with emergency rooms, decided to get rid of those problems by starting their own emergency hospital. They've got one now in Cabot. It is a Cabot Emergency Hospital. You'll see it right there on 89. It's right there by the bridge uh, between Walmart and uh, Home Depot on the other side of 67167. And depending on which way you're going on the road, it's either on your left or your right. You can't miss it. These uh, board-certified emergency physicians with over 130 years of experience have this emergency hospital open 24-7, 365. That means even on holidays, yeah, Christmas, you can go into that emergency room and it's going to be open to you. What amazed me about it because I went on a tour of it when it first opened, was what they have in their uh, radiology suite. I was expecting the x-rays and the ultrasound and the CAT scan and all of that. What I wasn't uh, expecting and what was there as well is an MRI. So if you need an MRI, they've got that available to you as well. Then there's an on-site lab, so they can do your blood work. If you're having a heart attack, you want your blood work to come back as quickly as possible. That will tell you, tell them the severity of what uh, is happening with your heart because there's uh, all kinds of uh, chemicals that are released into your bloodstream when you have a heart attack, and they can identify a lot of different things at that moment. And don't forget that they have a pharmacy right there at the emergency hospital as well. Here's what they knew. 
They knew that when you have an emergency, it's your emergency, which means it's really, really important. It's like when you talk about surgery. When somebody else is going to have surgery, you might say that's minor surgery. But when it's going to be you having that surgery, you may say it's major surgery because it's happening to you. So why wait when you're having an emergency? You go to Cabot Emergency Hospital, they'll take great care of you and get you back to your life faster because they have patient-centered care. That's Cabot Emergency Hospital. All right, our thanks uh, to the Dr. Uh, Bangs uh, from Searcy uh, and Harding University for coming on there for that first half hour talking about their graduate program. Because i got to tell you what, uh, in education, in all the other schools that they have, they got fantastic things going. Searcy uh, and, and Harding is something that you need to uh, look into, and, and they've got a name all across education now, all across the United States so having a degree uh, from Harding uh, carries a lot of weight with it. All right, so sitting in the studio, Wayne Beach is with me today. Wanted to bring this up to Wayne right off the bat. Uh, House Democrats yesterday rejected a Republican push to consider legislation that would apply sanctions on Hamas militants amid the escalating military conflict with Israel. Democrats blocked a bid to bring the Palestinian International Terrorism Support Prevention Act up for consideration in a 217-209 vote happening along party lines. The bill was introduced by Congressman Brian Mast, Republican of Florida, and it would have imposed sanctions on foreign entities known to have provided financial assistance to Hamas, among other measures. For instance, other measures would be sending missiles like Iran has been doing uh, to Hamas, sending money to Hamas like China does, things of that nature. So this is some things that uh, were serious. And the Democrats, again, the far left Democrats that are in Congress right now, they say that the reason this, quote, war, as they want, it's not a war. I am i don't think it's a war until tanks and men get involved. But the bottom line, they're saying this war is, uh, the, is uh, the responsibility of Israel. Let me again state to you, Israel didn't fire missiles on Gaza. Gaza fire, fired missiles on Israel, and Israel is defending themselves. And they did it even this morning. Yeah, it would, they, yeah it's still, still going missiles. on. It hasn't stopped, but the Democrats are supporting uh, Hamas. Uh, President Biden appeared to get in a heated discussion uh, with Congressman uh, uh, Tlaib over Israel on the tarmac there in Detroit yesterday. Uh, She said that what the president is doing is not enough, and he's finding out if you do a few things for the left, you better be willing to do everything for the left because they're not going to be happy with you unless you do do everything for them. Uh, the Biden administration said Trump didn't do, quote, anything constructive to bring peace to the Middle East, completely ignoring the Abraham Accords there in the Middle what, East. Four peace, peace initiatives that uh, Trump had during that time. Yeah, and then moving our uh, our embassy and all the rest of the things that we've done 
and things were very, very calm over there. It's only been since the Democrats got back in office that Hamas has been, you know, uh, emboldened to do what they're doing. Well, he wasn't giving them money. <laughs> no. And uh, I think that's Biden a good has, thing. And, and Biden has been giving them money to basically buy those rockets and send them over there. Yeah, I, mean, I think Iran would give it to him free mm-hmm. just so they could they'd have to do to be able to do that. Dr. Albert Moeller uh, said that if you look at Israel's history and current uh, uh, positions that they've had, that, you know, it's difficult for them. Think about this. Let's say Arkansas was over in the Middle East. And on your backside, you got the Mediterranean Sea. And on your left uh, or on your right, you got Egypt. On your left, you got Saudi Arabia, and uh, you've got uh, a lot of other Arab nations. And in front of you, you got a lot of Arab nations. You're surrounded by your enemies. And uh, people like Hamas, who is sitting right there in, on the Gaza Strip, uh, say that the only good Israeli is a dead Israeli, and they want to push you back into the water. How would you feel about that? Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, we got to get kind of get a feel when you we play SEC football. I mean, you know, they want to destroy us, but you know, that's not life or death. It's life or death for Israel. Mm-hmm. Being that close, and why do you move people into your community that that are are that have that mentality? You know, that's crazy. Well, they they have people in in Israel that are Arabs. They get along peacefully in in Israel. And there's no problem for them. What happened is they they had six families that were moved out of. They were uh, basically taken out of some housing over there. This is kind of what started it, and the way I understand. And uh, but they were renting property, and they wouldn't pay the rent. And so the Israeli court says, yes, you can you can take them out. So they basically took them took them out. That's what all this is about. That somebody didn't pay the rent. <laughs> yeah, pack up and go home. Yep. Goes you can you can stay somewhere but you can't stay here. Yep. <laughs> I mean that's just kind of the way that that uh, that runs if you don't pay unless you're in the United States after COVID-19 and now they just they just tell people you don't have to pay your rent. And we'll just pay it for you. Yeah. You know, we'll take we'll take care of at least that whole get, thing. At least we can get a thank you out of it. <laughs> yeah, we think you would get a thank you. But yeah, the the Democrats have been very adamant uh that uh, that they they are behind Hamas. Who else is behind Hamas? How about Black Lives Matter? Uh here's a tweet from there. Black Lives Matter stands in solidarity with Palestinians. We are a movement committed to ending settler uh, colonization in all forms and will continue to advocate for Palestinian liberation always have and always will. Ari Fleischer said if Hamas disarmed there would be no violence. If Israel disarmed there would be no Israel. Mm-hmm. What concerns me is down in South America right now in the triangle area there they, the Hamas is in there in South America. Yes they are. And people don't understand that the communists are down there as well. Maduro is is friends with BLM and the Hamas group. A lot of stuff down there that's coming up through the uh, way I understand is the uh, uh, child trafficking or the human trafficking Mm -hmm. as well as drug trafficking is coming from the Maduro area down there. It's called money. And that's right. And And the cartels in Mexico basically told them, says, don't stop here in Mexico. Says you carry carry right on up into America. They got open borders and go. And now 
I just saw that uh, Biden says the the border is closed up, and <laughs> but he let like what sixty one thousand or or uh, eighty one thousand something like that. Too uh, many. Yeah, that that basically come across illegally. Yeah, and uh, and suddenly he realizes you know we probably ought to put finish that wall. You know, do you know? It might of, be a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it might be a good idea. Hey, don't forget about PI roofing. With all the rain that we've been having, if you see any discoloration on your ceiling, on your walls, you see any water pooling at the bottom along your uh, baseboards, you should call PI Roofing immediately and have them come out. Like yesterday, they could have come out taking a look at your roof. Uh, It was nice yesterday. Uh, It was really pretty. You know, sun was shining. And I told Linda, I said, yeah, that's just, uh, it's mother nature winding up to give us another sucker punch later tonight it's all juicing up for later tonight and that's what happened we had a ton of rain last night so uh, pi roofing can take good care of your roof they are the professionals and not only that but they offer like uh you know they've got carpenters that can come in and take care of you know drywall and uh, wood that is warped and things of that nature uh, they got people that can take care of windows. They got people that take care of gutters. They they take care of all of it. They're like a one stop shop. That's PI Roofing seven zero seven thirty five fifty one is their phone number seven zero seven thirty five fifty one. Call them, make an appointment, have them come out to your home, or go on the internet and go to piroofing dot com. You know, I don't know how many people know about this, uh, uh, Wayne. We've been talking about it for a couple of days now, and. Uh, let me just ask, have you heard about the $300 child tax credit? Have you heard about that? Yeah, it's it's out there. Uh, this monthly, well, let me just give it to you. I've got a story right here uh, from NBC. Qualifying families will get monthly payments of up to $300 a month for each child under six. Right. And up to $250 a month for each child six to 17 years old uh the biden administration announced on monday that about 39 million families will begin receiving monthly child tax credit payments for the first time starting july 15th the payments which are part of the expanded child tax credit program in the american rescue plan remember the republicans kept saying there's a whole lot of stuff in this plan that has nothing to do with COVID-19. Here's one of them. Uh, are expected to dramatically reduce child poverty. No, it won't. Let me tell you what happens with this. Uh, the, remember, it was it was uh, Johnson that declared the war on poverty in America. If we kept the line for poverty the same as what it was during the johnson administration we wouldn't have anybody living in poverty but every time we get close to getting the people out of poverty they move the line they move the goal line all the time and that's going to be the case with this as well they said and this is nbc writing this quote for the first time the payments normally given annually as tax refunds or in the unearned income tax credit will be distributed monthly every month now think about this this is what this is about this is about buying people's votes this is getting people to say well i'll vote for a democrat going into office because 
if they're still if they stay there i'll continue to get a 300 dollars a month check for each child Mm -hmm. all right for each child you mean you got three kids they're under uh, six that's twelve hundred dollars a month now tell me now tell me this what does that have to do with the pandemic that has nothing to do with it but it's risky. It's what we all been saying for a long time. Mm-hmm. We got and we got to do something with the money. <laughs> they just they just don't. Uh, this do is anything. nothing more than a step. You tell me you agree or disagree with me, Wayne. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with me. But even if you weren't, I'd sit here and try to convince you that this is nothing more. We've been hearing now the talk and the discussion about a universal wage mm-hmm. typically it's somewhere in the two thousand dollar a month uh area seems to me that this is a way to get people used to that uh look britain does this already if you, i think if you're under 18 you get x amount of dollars uh every month to to support you if you're a kid of course, the money probably goes to the parents. I don't know. That might not. That might be an assumption by me that's wrong. Uh, the kids might have already sued the parents, saying that the money is theirs and uh, they get the money. But the bottom line is, this universal uh, payment is something that the left has been wanting to do since the '60s. I mean, McGovern had this in his platform when he ran for uh, president back in the 70s. This this also includes your free health care, you know, universal free health care. It includes, uh, plus you're, you're getting paid a, a monthly uh, uh, check for just sitting at home, not doing anything. Now, here's the way this will work. Around 80% of the families that qualify for this will get this uh, their money in a direct deposit. It will go directly right in, into their bank, uh, already set up, and, and they don't need to take any additional steps. The other 20% will get payments by check or debit card. Can I say, just say EBT card. The $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief plan, which the Senate passed in March, boosted the child tax credit program for the 2021 tax year increasing the maximum payments families can receive per child from 2000 to $3,600. Think about this now. It's going up $1,600 on your taxes, plus an additional $300 a month. Multiply that out by 12. And now they're asking for more money. And, and well, and they're working towards this whole thing, and uh, that's for every uh, three hundred dollars for each child under six years old, and up to two fifty for each child six to seventeen years old. Why are we having so much problem getting people to come to work? No, you just keep giving them work. <laughs> just keep giving them money, free money. Yep. They'll stay at home. They won't come to work if they ever go to a universal. Uh, amount of money that's going to be paid to every person uh, if they're unemployed in this country, nobody's going to want to work. Tyson down in Nashville, uh, down down in uh, uh, Southwest Arkansas, uh, they they are offering a thousand dollar sign on bonus. You go to work for them, and their immediate you know normally you have to wait six to nine months, something like that, before you get benefits, health benefits, stuff like that. 
Well, they said immediately when you walk in the door and we hire you, you got those benefits right then, plus that $1,000 sign-on bonus. Captain D's had up on their sign here in Little Rock and, and in Benton. Mm-hmm. I saw a sign that says $100 sign-on bonus. I've seen I've seen the uh, manager over at uh, the Popeye's Chicken come into the auto uh, advanced auto place there in Benton and literally try to steal and recruit people behind the counter to just come to work over at Popeye's and they give them more money. And you see the competition right there with the, within the uh, – they're literally trying to steal employees. Let me tell you what. Nothing wrong with competition. No. But competition should not be spurred by your government – that is going into business against you, basically. That's wrong. I Look, I fought this battle for a long time. It's like, you know, everybody says, isn't it great that communities have, you know, senior citizen centers where they can go work out and things of that nature? Why do you need that if you've got five or six centers already that are locally owned all you're going to do is put them out of business take a look at cabin perfect example uh they had five different gyms there now there's only two right because of the senior citizen center and i hear said but dave we got to take care of our senior citizens i'm a senior citizen now all I right too. and i'm just telling you uh that's not the uh, responsibility of the taxpayer is to make sure that I got a place that I can go lift weights or go do uh, the backstroke in the, the big pool. Right. It's not what it's for, or go walking. All right, got to take a break. Wayne's going to be with me. We got uh, Congressman Hill coming up after the news, and then uh, Congressman Westerman is going to be with us at uh, 735. A lot more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't run anywhere. And by the way, a week from Thursday, I can announce it now. Uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson will be on my show doing a one-on-one interview with me. And uh, we'll talk about a lot of the different things that we have talked about here on the show. And question him about why he's doing what he's doing and saying what he's saying. That's all coming up next Thursday. Not tomorrow, but next Thursday at 7 o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show. get into the uh, seven o'clock hour here on uh, hump day middle of the weekday over hill day closer to friday than we were on monday and we will join congressman french hill now on the uh, the dave ellswick show congressman i want to start off with a local question i mean fairly really local uh here for our listeners and that is what's what's going on with the i-40 bridge 
uh, going over into Tennessee with it's got the crack on it. I mean, it's it's causing all kinds of uh, of craziness, uh, you know, for the truckers and things of that nature. What are you as as congressman doing about that? So, Dave, good morning. Glad to be with you. Uh, the I-40 bridge is indicative of why we need a surface transportation and infrastructure bill. We had one written that was bipartisan last year that would be the federal government's portion of sharing funding with the states on major highway issues like the I-40 bridge. And Speaker Pelosi stopped that bill from coming to the floor uh, last year. She wanted to hold off until she believed that Joe Biden would be president and she could write a very different bill. And so we're still debating that. And President Biden's infrastructure bill only has about 6% of the proposal to cover traditional surface transportation. So first, we need to pass a surface transportation bill in the House and Senate, provide that funding to our state partners, Governor Hutchison. Secondly, I was pleased Governor Hutchison uh, is working on this with the governor from Tennessee. This is a catastrophic failure of the staff at the Arkansas Highway Department, and that person was terminated. They literally did not do their job. Tennessee and Arkansas share the oversight of the I-40 bridge, and Arkansas's contribution is the surveillance, is the safety surveillance, and it just wasn't done. And so the second thing I would, or the third thing, I, point I would make is all of our state highway transportation people need to make sure their people are trained, they're on the job, and they're keeping Americans safe. All right, so do we have any type of of time frame that we're looking at? I mean, what are, do we know what we're going to have to do to fix that bridge? <clears throat> Well, I think that's what uh, the Transportation Department's assessing on what they have to do to get it in a condition where it's safe, because you're right, we're snarling a lot of economic traffic, both on the river and obviously on the highways as a result of it. But I have not heard from the state of Arkansas what that time frame is. Okay. Well, let's move on. Uh, We were just talking, uh, Wayne Beach is here in the studio with me. We were just uh, talking about... uh, I believe a move that I'm seeing from the Democrat Party uh, with this latest COVID-19 legislation that went through, that starting on July 15th, families that have children six years of age and under will begin receiving per month $300 unless they make $150,000 and then they don't get any money at all. You know, that's where the line in the sand is, is drawn. Is this kind of a move by the Democratic Party? Because there's been talk over the years. I mean, it started with McGovern back in the 70s, but I've been hearing the the, the drum of, of uh, talking going on about a universal uh, pay uh, scale where maybe $2,000 per family in the United States. Is this a way of starting to move that way by promising american families if you have a child that's six or under you can get three hundred dollars a month if you have one that's uh you know basically over six years old up to 17 they're going to get 250 dollars a month exactly universal basic income uh we even had a presidential candidate besides bernie sanders campaign on that and that was yang who's now running for um mayor of new york this is his principal issue and it's part of the Democrats, in my view, uh, effort to simply demonize work. And you see that in the strategy they had on unemployment. 
insurance, making it so uh, large that it disrupted labor markets all across the country, including Arkansas. I'm glad Governor Hutchison agreed to no longer participate in that program because we have 8 million people, I mean, job openings in this country. And I think that's about 1.2 for everybody who's out of work. I mean, we have got to get people back to work, and I hear about it from everybody, nonprofits, uh, Medicaid uh, nonprofits. People say they cannot get people back to work, and we need that in this country. Now, what do you think about this? Three? I mean, there's nothing you can do about it now. It's law. I mean, $300 a month uh, per child, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, that's why, I, I mean, I don't support it. I encourage work. I encourage fair taxation. I encourage things that incent savings and investment for long-term benefits for families. I support, certainly, uh, benefits for those who are extremely poor to make sure they have access to uh, proper health care, like in the case of the Medicaid program. Right. But this, as I say, is not the direction the country needs to go in. It's not a permanent uh, situation that's tied back to the pandemic, of course. Everything the Democrats are doing is trying to tie back to the pandemic, but they're systematically trying to change our country through their policies, using the pandemic as an excuse. Uh, and you see it being held as a club out there over the heads of the American people, not unlike uh, their version of how to handle the environmental policy for climate, for example. It's a stick. It's a club to beat you into submission. I didn't realize that the uh, earned income tax credit, which I've always termed the unearned income tax credit, uh, is going from $2,000 to $3,600. That's a significant change. Right. And, of course, going back to the 60s, that was effectively what you are talking about as a way to help, (coughs) at the time, very low-income families effectively get uh, you know, a credit against the work, but it encouraged work. That's the key. I mm-hmm. mean, that was something that encouraged work and tried to bootstrap people up the income ladder. And it wasn't, you know, given to you for not doing anything. And so many of these programs are encouraging people to stay at home and not engage in work. And that's what's hurting, uh, I think, our economic recovery. I think it's why we only had 226,000 jobs created last month when, when the, all the economists in the country expected a million. Now, let's, let's finish up our segment, our first segment uh, today with, with this particular question. Uh, uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson began the war on poverty back in the 60s. And uh, they had a line dr- uh, drawn in the in the sand saying, if you made under this amount of money, uh, you were in poverty. And I just was reading a story uh, in the last segment uh, dealing uh, with, you know, this was to help this $300 a month for these kids and stuff is to help families get out of poverty. Problem is, the government continues to move the line. So as we get close to getting people out of poverty, they move the line and put more people back in poverty. Is that not correct? It is. And I think a bigger picture way to think about it is in that 1964-1965 period, I'm going to round the numbers off, approximately 15% of American families were considered poor and therefore, quote, that's what's, who lives in poverty. 
And that number uh, is roughly the same. It dipped strongly under the leadership of President Trump to give people more opportunity, rising wages, keep more of their hard-earned money by reducing their personal tax rates across the board for all Americans. But the bottom line is, after spending trillions and trillions of dollars, uh, the biblical notion that the poor will always be with us remains, and that's why we have to have community action to help people lift up. We need better education. We need families that have nurturing and mentorship, and you're not going to solve this by the government paying people. I agree. Now, Wayne, go ahead. What, I've got a question. Is that that how how uh, the Democrats right now? Some of the Democrats that up there that I'm talking about, they, they're pushing back on how to pay for all this, and uh, uh, especially on this new initiative that that's being introduced. And uh, because they have to go back and figure it out, I'm gonna have to raise taxes. So and that's not good, especially in the election year. And I understand there's some Democrats up there. Is that what you're seeing up there? They're pushing back against the... Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a good point. And one, I think people are lost, because Joe Biden, we spend in this country $4.4 trillion every year to run the government, everything, aircraft carriers to national parks. That's what it costs to run the government. Medicare, Medicaid, that's the amount. And Joe Biden is proposing spending $6 trillion on top of that $4.4 trillion. So you're talking about $10 trillion. Right. Now, that's over... uh, a couple of years, but he's proposing trillions in tax increases. And of course, you're exactly right, Wayne. Now Democrats are saying, now, wait a minute, what taxes are we increasing? And oh, by the way, if I live in Kentucky, in uh, New York or California, I want my tax break for my high income people back that President Trump took away. Uh Uh-oh. And so that's why there's no consensus in the Democratic Party about how to move this infrastructure package forward either because of the huge tax increases on small business families savings and investment that joe biden's proposing all right we got more to talk with with congressman french hill district two he continues with us after the break congressman state uh say near the phone we'll be right back with you don't forget that mowing the grass trimming the bushes planting flowers appeals to some people not all people uh, some people just love the outdoors. Uh, Devin was one of those people who was ready to move outside of his subdivision and live where he could open his back door and see lots of green grass and the the little animals, as the Wildwood Weed Stories talks about. Before this dream could become a reality, though, he needed to sell his cabin home. He interviewed a few agents, but then he met Dustin uh, Turner, uh, the, and the search was over at that point. Dustin used his dynamic marketing plan, and in the first weekend, there were multiple offers over the list price. Devin's hold sold for home sold for eight thousand dollars over the list price. With the extra cash in his pocket, he could uh, go look at uh, his dream home that he always wanted and sit on his little bag of seeds, so to speak. Don't forget about uh, Dustin Turner. He'll help you out. He's easy to get a hold of. All you got to do is call him, 501-952-2969, 501-952-2969, or visit him online, hometeamsoldit.com. Again, hometeamsoldit.com, and then, bottom line, just start packing. We're back. We've got the uh, congressman from the 2nd District. That's French Hill with us. He does this every Wednesday. Uh, I had somebody post on Facebook uh, uh, 
congressman that you only show up when we're getting close to election time and i uh, beg to differ with the folks saying that you come on just about every wednesday to talk about what's going on and you to be highly commended for that because i'm going to tell you what uh that does not happen with every congressman that is out there and i also see him at at uh at these county committee meetings pretty regular too you have to go to where he's going to be at if you want to ask questions he's man he's he's open to it he'll talk to you about it and that's what i like about him hey wayne's a little he's a little worried about asking you questions sometime congressman uh I remind him that you put your pants on like everybody else does, and he can ask you whatever he wants. But he wants you to talk about the the southern border because you you just went on a uh, a trip uh, down there here in the the, the very near uh, past. Uh, what's going on as you've seen it? Is it getting better? or Is it getting worse? Well, it's getting worse, uh, and. It's getting worse. Uh, the White House attempted to sugarcoat it by showing the Donna processing facility down at McAllen, Texas, that I visited a few weeks ago, where I told you they had <clears throat> about 3,500 people, kids and teenagers, jammed in there on a place that for COVID supposed to only hold 700. So the Biden administration posted a picture of it looking empty. Well, guess where they are? They're moved to the human services facility right across the street. They don't tell you that in their release. So that facility is now holding some 20,000 people uh, in this HHS refugee uh, settlement type site, pending moving those people into the interior. Secondly, they are just doing catch and relief with no biometric screening. What we've learned is they're so jammed they don't even bother verifying the person's name, where they're from, who, if they're truly in a family unit, and get that information and log it into the computer. And then finally, as I said the last time we talked about this, there's no COVID testing going on when these people cross the border. So only if they expose symptoms or if they say they feel badly or they tested for COVID-19. It, then you so the have... bottom line is the situation's worse. It's no better. And Kevin McCarthy yesterday was brief, went to a classified briefing uh, with Homeland Security, and he came away shaken with their inability to stop what's coming across the border because they're so focused on the humanitarian crisis that's been initiated by Joe Biden. What, what concerns me there, French, is that the, uh, the, the, if they classify them as refugees and they send them uh, all over the country... Once they get in there, nobody's allowed to ask where they're from or do any vetting, you know, before they come here into into a particular state. I know that's the way it is here in Arkansas. Uh, and I'm just wondering how many are being sent to Arkansas uh, and, and resettling over here. I'm concerned We've actually about been – yeah, Wayne, it's an important question. I've not talked to the governor about it, but we've been asking, can we get a – a report from Human Services and the Homeland Security Department on where all these people have been sent, because that is tracked. I mean, they are told, but now they're not even, if, based on what I've heard yesterday, as recently as yesterday, because they're not going through the full procedures, they're simply said, look, someone from Homeland Security and Immigration will catch up with you later. We know where you told us you're going. We know where we bought your ticket. We know the cell phone number that you gave me. But about 80, about 85 percent 
of those people who try to seek credible fear asylum in the U.S. As you say, they're coming because they they, they claim a fear of persecution in their home country. About 85% are not qualified, and they are returned to their home country. And to your point, the Biden administration is doing a terrible job of tracking them, pursuing that adjudication in the courts, and then deporting them if appropriate. Yeah, but what happens is they get they get into one of these states, and literally they a day or two after they're here, then they can move anywhere else in the United States. And, right. and that's that's what concerned me. And they weren't vetted in the first place. So how do we know that we're not having somebody that's pretty smart about just beating the system? We don't. Yeah. We don't. Bottom line is we don't, but there's even something more concerning, which is assume that family is trying to beat the system for their economic benefit and find their cousin who lives in Minneapolis. Well, assume that's your best case. You've got illegal citizens who become a burden and a challenge for, you know, those states and to deal with. But in the meantime, I'm arguing the cartels, which made $400 million in February alone trafficking these families, right. are reinvesting that money in the much more nefarious aspect of drug and money smug- smuggling and criminal alien smuggling back and forth into the country. Right. So it's a terrible uh, situation. It's a problem created by Joe Biden and a problem that he is not solving and something that we are trying to draw attention to every day. I hope that the Homeland Security Secretary is fired. I think the members of the Senate are pressing him as not doing a good job, and that would be a good step in the right direction. Uh, And our vice president, who's supposedly in charge of this effort, is going now almost 60 days and not visited the border. Yeah, she hasn't even been down there. She don't have a clue what's going on. She laughs about it when she's asked about it. Uh, the Palestinian International Terrorism Support Prevention Act was up for consideration yesterday and was voted down on a party-line vote, 217-209. The Democrats against uh, uh, trying to rein in Hamas and what's going on uh, in Israel. Uh the left is adamantly anti-Semitic and is against Israel, are they not? Uh, that's where they are. This is not your father's Democratic Party in the U.S. House of Representatives today. Brian Mast, a double, double amputee Iraq war veteran, offered this bill, and it was voted down. And you had people like uh, Tlaib of Michigan accuse Israel of war crimes, uh, Ilion Omar, Ocasio-Cortez called Israel an apartheid state. Uh, so this is not the party of Elliot Engel, the distinguished gentleman, Democrat of New York, who used to run the House Foreign Relations Committee. This is a party of of people that have turned their back on Israel, who is our lead economic and democratic uh, ally in the Middle East and the lead partner in achieving the advances in peace that President Trump achieved with the Abraham Accords by increasing peace arrangements between the Gulf states and Israel. And look, let's be blunt here. Hamas runs Gaza, which is the border of Israel and the Sinai. The Palestinian Authority that runs the West Bank, they're in competition. They don't even agree. They're fighting. The Fatah party at the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank and Gaza and Hamas, you think that's one group of Palestinians? It's not. It's two desperate political parties who fight with each other, and Hamas is backed by the Iranians uh, and terror groups. 
And they're doing this to destroy Israel. And so Israel has a right to defend itself. Yes, it does. Period. Full stop. Absolutely. Congressman, we're out of time. Thanks for joining us Great today. Great to be with you. Wayne, good to hear your voice. Look forward to seeing you soon. All okay, right. We will you, continue our conversation next week here on the Dave Ellswick Show with Congressman Hill. We'll pick up our conversation with Congressman Westerman when we return. You know, we've been talking about Israel. We've been talking about the southern border. We've been talking about the bridge going into Memphis. We've been talking about a lot of stuff today. Let's talk about health insurance. Uh, let's talk about Pat Davis. Let's talk about how to get off of your shoulders uh, the enormous cost of health insurance uh, and health insurance that doesn't give you health care. Because there's a big difference between having health insurance and getting quality health care. You can get good health insurance at a reasonable price and good good health care if you'll talk just to uh, Pat Davis. Give him a call. Talk to him. Uh, if you're self-employed, uh, I'm going to say he can save you anywhere from 30 to 50% on what you're paying right now on health insurance. And I'm talking health insurance, not a share plan. A share plan is a totally different animal, doesn't offer a lot of the benefits that regular health insurance does. I'm talking about normal providers that you have uh, and uh, that, that are out there, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, you know, Aetna, all the different people that are players out there, and no co-pays. How would you like to have an insurance co- uh, uh, you know, that doesn't have any co-pays? You don't have to go to the doctor and know that you're going to have to pay $50, $75 right up front. Uh, you don't need to do that. You need to get a hold of Pat Davis and talk to him and uh, discuss this with him. Tell him where you're at and then let him help you. 501-605-6935. That's the number uh, to call. 501 501- 605-6935 or visit him online yourhealthplanman.com that one more time one word yourhealthplanman.com pat davis all right dave ellswick show into the last half hour of the show today joining us by phone is uh, congressman bruce westerman from the fourth district congressman good to have you with us today First question, uh, this whole thing about proxy voting that's been going on, where you guys have been voting while you've been online and all of that, you sent uh, the uh, uh, Speaker of the House a letter saying you would like to see an end to that, as did a lot of other Republicans. Has it come to an end, or are you still proxy voting? Well, as of last night, we're still proxy voting, but we're not going to give up on that doing the right thing and and the right thing is for not only to end the proxy voting but also to end these remote uh committee hearings uh i had written a letter earlier um but you know back in january encouraging the speaker not to you know do the early or the proxy voting and the remote hearings during this congress she obviously ignored that but with the new cdc guidelines out it said if you've been vaccinated, you can you know go about your normal business, and the rest of the world has kind of picked up on that. But Speaker Pelosi, I guess, doesn't want to follow the science anymore. So we basically said you know follow the science, 
get back to work and set an example for the country because it's a horrible example and precedent uh, that the House is sitting right now where uh, people who never had a pay cut um, were able to work from home, uh, and there's absolutely no reason we shouldn't be here meeting in person and not doing proxy voting anymore. So I was able to get um, you know all the other ranking members, all the other ranking member Republicans who are you know were leaders on our committees to sign the letter, plus um, everybody in leadership. So our whole Republican leadership team signed the letter and sent it to her, and we'll we'll see what happens. I noticed there was a uh, an editorial in the Boston Globe this morning where they were. Um, you know, really calling Pelosi out, which you wouldn't expect the Boston Globe to do that. Yeah, definitely. So how many members of Congress have been inoculated? Do you guys know? Well, there's some people that, that claim to know, and uh, the numbers that are out there officially are like 75%, which, by the way, is what the CDC says is herd immunity. Um, and, you know, if people still want to wear their face mask and don't want to get the shot, uh, or if they don't want to wear their face mask and don't want to get the shot, you know, that's not going to affect the people who've uh, been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And everybody here has had an opportunity to be uh, vaccinated. But the, um, the numbers show like 100 Republicans and all the Democrats have, have been vaccinated. Mm. But there's probably more people that have actually been vaccinated that wouldn't tell the the reporter the people uh, gathering the information whether or not they've been vaccinated so there really is not any kind of health problem with you guys meeting face to face is what you're saying not not if you believe the so-called science dave you know they've told they've chat chatted this all along about you got to follow the cdc guidelines well now the uh the house physician who uh, shocker reports to Pelosi has, uh, you know, said we still need to wear a face mask and uh, and socially distance in the in the house. But the Senate, uh, they don't wear face masks. They they've never voted by proxy. All through the pandemic, um, they voted. And if you look at the average age in the Senate versus the average age in the House, uh, senators were a lot more. Uh, prone to have serious side effects with the coronavirus. So it comes down to a a political move by Pelosi, Uh, not having members here uh, uh, consolidates power with her. Uh, She's got this crazy rule that every vote takes 30 minutes. Uh, It used to be 45 minutes, but she was being gracious and dropped it down to 30 minutes. So uh, we spent as much as seven and a half hours on the floor voting um, on something that normally would have taken an hour or less. Uh, But by doing that, it ties up all the time on the floor, prevents, um, you know, she she doesn't want us to do amendments on the floor because she says there's just not time to do amendments. You're doing these remote hearings where you're hooked up to to WebEx or Zoom, and you've got all the distractions with that. It's it's just not a, any way to, as I would say, run a railroad, much less run a country. Hey, uh, I got a question there, Bruce. How many yeah. how, can can anybody tell tell us how many uh, representatives in the House of Representatives have actually caught COVID or died from COVID? Been put in the uh, hospital. I know two. I know two have died, and there's been quite a few that have have caught it 
Uh-huh. Um, you know, the uh, Luke Letlow, who won the race down in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and, you know, a young guy, and caught COVID and died before he was sworn in, and his wife, Julia, uh, just recently won that race and has been sworn in. So, yeah, there there have been members of, of Congress that have caught COVID and died from it in the House. Right. But right now... And there's been others that have been been very sick with it but right now i don't know i don't know of anyone that's even had covid in the house in in months that's what i'm wondering is that i'd look at see uh how many have had it how many have died and and looking at today's looking on the timeline looking today's numbers the demographics now the last i heard uh the uh rate of infection in the united states is down 81 percent yes that's a huge drop, a huge drop. So I think that we probably can get on with our lives, so to speak. Don't you think, Congressman? Yeah. I, I certainly believe so. And I know people have, have reasons for not taking the vaccine, but the the correlation of when the, the vaccines were administered and the rate of decline of the virus are, are pretty forthcoming. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, if if, uh, if we're not at herd immunity, we're certainly getting getting close to it. But they keep warning of these these new variants. Uh, but still, from what I understand, even the new variants, the the vaccine will protect you against them. Uh, but it could uh, you know get people who haven't been vaccinated yet. And I don't I don't think we should def- we definitely shouldn't require people to have the vaccine if they don't want to take it. But they're definitely running a risk. Uh, with uh, with the virus, but, I mean, it, as you know, it's definitely real, and people do die from it. Yep, absolutely. Okay, quarter to eight. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk about that bridge going into Tennessee. What have you heard lately? And you know, how long is this going to take to fix? And then, secondly, let's talk about what's happening with Israel, uh, uh, with Gaza, and all the uh, drama that's going on over there. Our guest is Congressman Bruce Westerman uh, from the uh, 4th District. We'll also ask him if he has something that he wants to bring to us because he's always working on things uh, as well. See what he's got going uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Get a break in with you right now, uh, St. Clarity Residential uh, cleaning, they'll clean your home, clean it in a way that probably you haven't normally done. I know that I don't wash the baseboards in my house. They do. I know that I don't get on my hands and knees and clean out the corners uh, of my floors. They do. Uh, if you, When they come to your house, how long do you usually spend? I'm going to tell you how long I spend cleaning my home. Max 45 minutes, okay? That's to rearrange you know, magazines and things. It's uh, knocking off some of the dust that's on the shelves, running the sweeper, that's the main thing, and uh, then doing the floor. About 45 minutes. They take between four and five hours to clean your home. It is a deep clean. Now, typically, a house up to 2,500 square foot is going to cost you 300 bucks to get that done. But not when you listen to the Dave Ellswick Show here at 101.1 FM. Uh, the answer, you call 404-6560. Do that today, right after 9 o'clock, 
6560, and you can get the folks at St. Clarity uh, Residential uh, Cleaning to come to your home uh, and clean your house for half price, 150 bucks. Now, that, as far as I'm concerned, is a four or five hour deal. That's a good price, $150 to get your home really. You know, it's going to be one of those cleans where if you leave and then you walk back in the house, it smells clean. That's what it's going to be with uh, St. Clarity. Keep that in mind. Again, to get your 50% off, you call uh, 404-6560. Talk to Chuck. Talk to Lynn. Do it after 9 o'clock, between 9 and 5, and you can get your certificate today. All right, back at 10 minutes till 8. Our guest is Congressman Bruce Westerman. He joins us every Wednesday, typically. I mean, there's times that there's votes or something like that, and he can't be with us. Uh, bottom line, he's with us and talks about what's going on in Washington. Right now, there's there's a, a, a big deal going on here in the state, and that is the bridge going over the Mississippi River into Tennessee. And we found a, a crack in it, uh, Congressman. Uh, what's going on with that? I know that somebody's lost their job over it, but what are we looking about? What is it going to take to fix this? Has anybody, you know, brought you guys up to date on that? And are they even talking about a time frame yet? Yeah, there, I don't think there's been any kind of concrete time frame put out there. Um, but you, know, you can be assured that that is a major high priority with the amount of commerce that that it affects and you know it's it's tragic or it could have been much more tragic with the uh, uh the way that whole beam sheared and well the bad part is they had the the image from a year before where the crack had started and um you know as a as an engineer this stuff fascinates me uh and when i first saw how how that whole beam had sheared, I was like, my goodness, how, how did it even stay up with um, just supporting the, it, its own weight? Uh, but to know that, you know, they, they did an inspection and had a photo of when it was cracked and could have probably been, uh, I would guess, could have been repaired while still in use and, and that wasn't reported. And, you know, that could have been a, a major disaster for our country had, had they not found it when they did. Let me ask you a question, then, Bruce, is that this brings a good point up, and you're an engineer, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, whenever you have something critical as that bridge in there, uh, this brings up a question of contingency plans, emergency contingency plans. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about an earthquake over in that area, uh, around the Memphis area. A long time. For quite a while, and if that walks, walk, well, we had the the largest earthquake in the before the one in Alaska in the 1960s, right. and and if you take that one out, the largest earthquake in the United States happened on the New Madrid Fault. Mm-hmm. But what was what? What I'm wondering is that has anybody started to develop contingency plans? I know when I worked for AT and T, we talked about. Remember that 2000 uh, scare or whatever they were talking about way back there, 2001. Y2K? Yeah, Y2K. Uh, you know, we we developed uh, contingency plans for for those type of things. It, it wasn't necessarily spending any money. It was just planning to what do we do if that bridge goes out, especially the critical things like the bridges over these rivers, Arkansas River as well as uh, uh, the Mississippi River. What are the alternate routes, or do we, do we have those developed enough? Um, 
and uh, you know why, how do we get that? How do we establish, reestablish that commerce? Because that's this this particular instance, in my opinion, brings that contingency plan issue of emergency contingency plans. Um, I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, and I'm, yeah, I don't know the details of the emergency contingency plan, but I know there are, are plans in place for those kinds of uh, interruptions. And obviously, right now they're they're rerouting traffic, and a lot of that's going across the I fifty five bridge. And right. I can't imagine what it would be like trying to drive um, <laughs> through Memphis and get back into Arkansas, or even going the other way right now. Um, and I'm I'm guessing the the route down to the hill and the bridge is probably a, a parking lot uh, down I through there as well. Yeah. But it's a it's a I, I saw some figure from, I think it's from the Trucking Association, like uh, several million dollars per day is the uh, uh, the impact just to the, the trucking industry. So if you think about, I mean, that is a major artery across the country, the I-40 uh, corridor. And there's, and if you've ever driven on it, you know how much truck, truck traffic there is sure. along with passenger vehicles. So, um that's something that needs to be be fixed and fixed quickly. And it reminded me during the Trump administration, um, I was I was going to Canada with Secretary Chow um, on the day that the uh, the I think it's Interstate 85 in Atlanta. They had the collapse down there, had a fire under it, and it right. collapsed. You know, and this was. As far as vehicle count, I'm sure it was probably even more than goes over the Mississippi River. But uh, there was a Rob Woodall, a member of Congress from from Georgia, was on the plane with us. And, uh, you know, by the time we landed, Secretary Chow and the Trump administration had, like, everything in place to get that fixed. And it was fixed in, in record time. I mean, it, they surprised even the most optimistic of of folks about how long it would take to get that interstate back up and running um, by basically just saying, okay, we got to do away with the BS and we got to get this, this done. And it's amazing when you take that kind of attitude, how fast you can, can get stuff done. Yeah, it really is. It's incredible, which brings up another question for us, Congressman. And I was going to talk about Israel, but instead of Israel, let's talk about infrastructure. Where's the infrastructure bill? Or is there even a bill yet? I know that the Republicans had one, but have the Democrats, uh, you know, come up with one yet? Well, they've got the the so-called Biden plan that's uh, another couple trillion dollars and about, you know, depending on how you look at it, 15 percent or 25 percent of it's actually infrastructure. Uh, You know, being on the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, I signed on to a bill that uh, Sam Graves, who's a ranking member of that committee, he's from Missouri, he had a, a Republican, House Republican bill uh, that I signed on to yesterday that really addressed, uh, you know, real infrastructure issues, surface transportation, uh, waterways, dams, ports, airports, uh, you know, all of those uh, components of infrastructure that we normally think of. So I signed on to that bill. The Senate has a version of uh, Senate Republicans have an infrastructure version that's about five, $600 billion. 
which is still a huge amount of money, but it pales in comparison to what um, what Biden's proposing with his so-called social infrastructure, um, which the 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 additions to the lexicon never cease to amaze me around here. Yep, I I, I didn't know those two things went together, but but now we're we hear about it uh, all the time about the social infrastructure. So uh, there are different proposals on the table, and our, you know, I think something will happen on infrastructure. I'm not sure exactly what, but uh, I don't think many people would deny that there's a need to do infrastructure work all across the country. Well, if you don't do it now, you're going to do it later, and if you do it later and there's all kinds of problems, it's just going to cost you that much more money. Especially if somebody gets well, killed. And, yeah, and it's, it's the engineer coming out in me again. In the long run, if you build something and maintain it, you save cost. It's more safe. Uh, you have less congestion problems and all of that in the long run if you build it and take care of it. Right. Uh, we seem to build it and walk away from it and repair it when we have to. Well, as we say on this show, just like the old commercial, you can pay me now. Or you can pay me later. That's just the way it works. It always has worked that way. Congressman, thanks so much for uh, your time. We look forward to talking to you again next week here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Have a great week. You too, Dave. Bye-bye. All right, Congressman Bruce Westerman from the 4th District. All right, we've caught you up about uh, the bridge and everything. So hopefully uh, you know what's going on with that. Uh Evidently, they have not been given a briefing on when it's going to be fixed or how it's going to be fixed, but they're pushing on that uh, for you. Wayne Beach, thanks for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. And uh, great to have you part of the Dave Ellswick Show. Tomorrow, we'll be talking to the, the, the car guys, and we'll talk politics, of course.